Good morning. Welcome to Intelligoji with Tracy Browder, where together we will disrupt educational normalcy. Friends, it is Teach Better Tuesday, and I have with me Caitlin Giordano. Good morning, Caitlin. Good morning. How are you? I am awesome. We are so glad you are here. So friends, let me let me tell you all about Caitlin. Caitlin, of course, works with Teach Better. She is, she was the um, curriculum content trainer, coordinator, and now she is the training and development specialist for Teach Better team. So we are so happy to be able to receive some of your expertise through training from Teach Better. Uh, Caitlin's also, if I didn't say it, a sixth grade language arts teacher in Chicago. She uh, writes for her own blog, Curriculum Coffee, and not only her own blog, her own blog, she also writes for the Teach Better blog. You can read all about some of her passions and ideas on um, the Teachers on Fire magazine. She is also a speaker, part of the Teach Better Speaker Network. So Caitlin, you are like all over the place, right? <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. It just kind of like, I love writing and I've been putting content out there for a while now and it just kind of went from there. <laughs> so awesome. Well, listen, we are so glad you're here. And friends, if this is your first time joining Intelligoji the podcast, where have you been? <laughs> but we are so excited to tell you all about Teach Better Tuesday. Teach Better Tuesday is designated just to the Teach Better team. You can find out more information about Teach Better on teachbetter.com. But Caitlin, let me let you tell them a little bit about Teach Better. Yeah, so Teach Better is an amazing organization of educators who've all kind of come together with this shared mission of being better every day. And that's our passion, is really just finding ways to infuse better and the idea of better into the educational world. And so it's this constant pursuit of excellence and really this idea that we can improve all the time. And so our, our mission, our goal is to put that out there constantly. And we have amazing people on the team. We've got some wonderful partnerships. Um, and I have to say, like, I absolutely love working with the team because it's just this amazing, like, ball of positive energy all the time. And it's fantastic because even if it's outside of the education world and it's stuff that's just going on, you've got this group of people that's there, like, cheering you on, which is amazing. I mean, I think you guys must live in heaven, like educator heaven, because to be able to work for an organization who's all about bettering ourselves, not just educationally, but as a person. I mean, as you're talking, I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, like that was the thing is I've I've connected with Ray so many times because uh, we're in the same like area and mm -hmm. we would see each other at all these conferences. And when she had this opportunity for me with the team, I was like, uh, yeah, because it's just this amazing group that you're like, all right, like this is the kind of thing that I want to be a part of because these are the kind of people that not only push me to be better, but they also help challenge my thinking and then show me ways I can do it, which Ooh, is amazing. Like, you know what I mean? They just are this, it's support all the time. So if it's an idea that I'm looking for and I'm like, I've got this idea, don't really know what to do with it, uh, but I have it. Got it. <laughs> Anybody have any support here? And I've got people jumping on left and right. So it's, it's a fantastic group to be a part of for sure. That's awesome. I really enjoy following Teach Better. So speaking of ways of thinking and, and creative ideas, that's exactly why you're here today. Um, Caitlin is the author of 
several articles, but there's one article that really caught my eye. And not only did it catch my eye, it's something I've been really, really curious about. And that's passion projects. So I want us to park here and just really dig into the concept of passion projects. And I see you smiling. So this is already your baby, right? <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. I could talk about this forever. <laughs> well, why don't you start the conversation? Explain the concept of passion projects for us. Yeah, so um, passion projects are encouraging your students to really explore something that is meaningful to them. And the thing that I like most about it is that I, it really fits in any content area you want it to fit in. And that's the beauty of a passion project is that it's all about really helping your students not just pursue what they're passionate about, but in a lot of ways, figure it out. And that to me is so, so meaningful because we always start my passion project. I use it for our informational writing and research unit because I teach language arts. Um, and we always start it with this quote, um, don't ask yourself what the world needs. Ask yourself what makes you come alive because what the world needs is more people who have come alive. And that's how I start it every time because my kids are in sixth grade, they're 11 and 12 years old. And a lot of the stuff that they do and a lot of the feedback that I've gotten from them over the years has been all this stuff we do for school, like, what does that have to do with me? And what am I really going to like? I, yeah, okay, so I need to learn fractions because when I'm cooking, like, that's going to be important. But cooking isn't really something I care about. Like, for me, it was about figuring out a way to infuse what is important to them into the conversation and into the classroom, not just what they're going to need, but what they love. And so that's like the philosophy behind what, what my project looks like. You know, I, I love the quote that you started with, and you said you start every session with the kids with that quote. And if that's not an empowering quote, if that doesn't make you think, wait, what do I bring to the table? What, you know, just, it, it's like you unlock the mind and the heart and, and, and the intrinsic motivation. You just set it free basically. Right. Mm -hmm. So talk to us a little bit more like, like the novices to passion projects. You, you kind of mentioned math and I read your article and all the different ideas and concepts. Give us, take us into the world of passion projects. What can it look like in a classroom? Yeah, so I usually speak to my classroom specifically just because I've run this passion project several times and I can tell you exactly what it looks like. But the beauty of it is that if you start with your goals, so I'm a big fan of curriculum and curriculum design. Um, that is my area of passion. <laughs> um, and so that's actually what I did my master's in. And that's where this project came from was Hey girl, here we go. <laughs> that's, uh, that's where I uh, really figured out that I wanted to write this unit, that I wanted to create this piece. So when you start with your end goal, that backwards design philosophy, what is it that you're trying to get your students to accomplish? And for me, I had this unit that was research and information writing, and it just wasn't working. My kids were so disengaged the entire time. And no matter what I did, I couldn't get them into it. I was like, okay, so they don't want to research this. Like, okay, yeah, research isn't the most fun thing in the world, but like, this is so bad. <laughs> like, and it was just one of those things where I was like, I don't know what to do here. And so I had this thing where I was like, okay, my goal here is to get them to research something, to get them to really engage in that process of redirecting their thinking, of finding information. 
well, what about myself? When I'm interested in something, I'm a lot more apt to look for information on it. I'm a lot more likely to go searching and to try to find something that's going to be meaningful, useful, what have you. Okay, how can I tap into that for my kids? And that's where my passion project came from. So when I say it can work for so many content areas, I mean it because you're looking at, okay, what's your end goal? If you're in math and your end goal is for them to have a better, clearer understanding of, let's say, fractions, how can they get there? Well, there's probably a lot of ways they can get there. What if you encourage their exploration to get to that end goal through something that they care about? And that is the whole premise behind a passion project. So I would say if you're just starting out with this, start by identifying an area in your in your school year, in your what in your curriculum that needs some help, that needs some energy, that needs some students empowered to learn and grow and explore. Start there because that's where this can make the difference. You know, I think you nailed it because I heard you say initially, and I could see the anxiety or the angst as you were talking about the beginning stages of informational writing, right? Like they're sitting there like, uh, what else you got? Cause this, this ain't it. <laughs> and you were pulling your hair out. So it sounds like you're talking about what are those topics where kids just aren't in it, where it's just like up against a brick wall. Those are the opportunities, right? To just start with. And, and then yeah. you can go from there. So, so tell us a little bit about, it sounds like you rock this passion project concept in informational writing. What does it look like in your classroom? What do the kids experience? How do they evolve? Tell us about it. Yeah. So um, I would say that if you walk into my classroom during the passion project, organized chaos is the name of the game. So my kids are doing probably a million different things at once. And I also use a self-pacing model. So typically they're working at their own pace through the unit. So I've got kids doing different things all the time. Um, but it's really interesting because I use a workshop model for this unit. So writing workshop is kind of like my baby. It's where I go back to when I'm looking to put together a solid writing unit. And so what we do is we have mini lessons every day. About 10 minutes, I literally time myself. I refuse to go over 15 minutes because you got to give them time to work and you got to give them time to really sink into it. So I have a timer, I teach a skill. And so that skill that day might be using a database. It might be logging into our library catalog, depending on what they know and don't. It might be how to organize an informational introduction, that kind of thing, how to take notes on a source assessing the credibility of a source. So all my mini lessons are skill-based in that regard. They're not specific to here's how you write an information essay. First it's this, then it, like if it doesn't look like that, because mm -hmm. you have to have the flexibility for them to do with it what is going to work for them and what is going to work for their topic. So we always like kind of are all over the place, but my mini lessons can bring us together and kind of bring us home. And so that's a good place for us to start because then they have some direction, um, especially those kids that are a little bit more of the, can you just tell me what to do, please? Um, the mini lesson helps them because they know like, okay, I should probably work on this today. And for the kids that aren't really like that, they have the freedom to kind of go, but they still are getting those skills that they need. And so it's really fun. Uh, the proposal stage is my favorite part because that's where like I'm not really teaching writing 
I'm teaching kids to do like soul exploration. And that's my favorite part is like sitting with a kid who's like, I don't know what I'm interested in. I have no idea what to do this project on. And I get to sit one on one with them and be like, okay, well, tell me about yourself. And they're like, okay, um, what? And I'm like, yeah, tell me, like, what do you do for fun? And we'll like go through it. And a lot of the time I end up having kids that are like, is this like a job I can do in the future? And I'm like, heck yeah, like let's look into that. Maybe that's part of your research is how to turn this passion into a career. And so what I have a lot of kids do is they end their their writing, they end their information piece with that component. Like here's what I'm going to do now. Um, and that really came from, it's funny because it came from a mistake on my part uh, with that little caveat there. Um, because I had a student who's like, well, my passion is Steph Curry. And I was like, okay, <laughs> um, great. Exactly. So then I kept thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, well, I have to get this kid to like do something with that information. And so it became this mistake that I made. I'm not saying that at the beginning that turned into a almost like an activism angle to the project. So now when I introduce it, it's it's always like, okay, we're going to make a proposal for what our project is going to be. And we do the soul exploration. We figure out what is important to us, what we love. But then the last part of the proposal is what are you going to do with this information? And where are you going to take it from here? All of that is so unbelievably empowering. Like as you were talking, I'm looking at you. You went back to your classroom, right? I mean, you were just so excited. It sounded like you were right at your seat, engaged with the student, the very student that you said, I, I don't know, or Steph Curry, you know? So it, I think that shows, um, how empowering it is for the student. And you mentioned a couple of things. You said um, one of the most important things, first of all, soul exploration is like those two words together, just, I, was, I just wanted to go like, yes, yes. You know, because we don't do that with kids a lot. And, and then, so soul exploration, and then you said something that I promise you, I'm sure that a lot of teachers don't do so. Everybody, we should adopt this concept, even if you don't take on the passion project, which I hope you do. And if you do, we want you to tell us about that, but we'll talk about that at the end. Um, just to sit down and have a conversation with a student and say these words. So tell me about yourself. And most kids have never been asked that question. And what I saw in you, Caitlin, as you were talking, this kid went from, I don't know, to, could this be a job? So you took a kid from, I got nothing, to, I've got my future. Yeah. And how amazing is that? So this is so much more than just, a way to teach or a way to experience a unit. It's about life. It is. And that's like, it's a beautiful thing to see happen in the classroom because it's not just, here's some skills you're going to need. It's here's you and here's something that you can do with your life and with your future. And not just here it is, but here's how you do it. 
And so that's like the big powerful part for me is like, I tell my kids, I'm like, all right, cool. Like you want to be a professional athlete? Amazing. That's your passion. I love it. Tell me about that. Mm -hmm. Tell me how you're going to do it. What does that look like? What steps do you need to take? How are you going to be competitive? So I've got kids that are like, yeah, I want to be in the NBA. And they've got like a, a plan then for themselves, which is so fun because it's like, all right, now they know like they're not just walking into this with this like big dream that some teacher said, mm, that's probably not going to happen. They actually have this idea of, okay, I'm going to play in high school. I'm going to get recruited. I'm going to go to college. Like I'm going to do all these things. And even if that's not what they end up doing, it's still really, really exciting and it, I'm excited to see, like, I have, I've only been teaching for six years, but I'm, like, crossing my fingers that one of my kids goes through with one of these things. Nice. And they, like, let me know later on. I'm like, oh, my God. I hope they tell me. <laughs> Caitlin, we, we are vibing mentally to the point where it's just crazy because as you were talking, <laughs> this is what I wanted to pitch to you. I'm like, you should totally make this, like, a research project and have kids come back and tell you. And then you said it. I'm like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> so curious to know like how many kids actually had this awareness and then pursued even if it's not that exact thing what if this person who was looking at the nba what if they went to the nfl or what if they ended up in track but that whole mindset to prepare and and what i love about this with the sports piece of it and it can go for any career but with sports so many young people just see the big screen they they just they just see what they idolize like steph curry they don't see the hard work. They don't see the sacrifice. They don't see missing out on fun things and, and changing your diet. And I have a college athlete here and I'm just like, I do, I could not do what you do. <laughs> but, but most kids don't understand the amount of work, the commitment and the sacrifice that goes into what they see on TV. The the fun stuff is what they see on TV, you know, getting to play a game. That's what these, these athletes love to do. It's that hard work behind the scenes that they don't see. And and you 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 take them there. That that's just like so totally awesome. I'm I can't believe I just used a team phrase. So totally awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I love it because it's true. <laughs> yeah, right. It is. Okay, so so here's a question I have. Um, actually a couple of questions, but we'll get to the second one. So what do you feel like the difference is in a passion project? versus project-based learning or inquiry-based learning. And I love those two as well, but just with you talking, I can see some differences. So I'm curious to know, what, what do you see the differences being in project-based, inquiry-based learning and um, passion projects? Yeah, so I would say um, the way that I see it is that the big difference is that, that phrase that I used before, the soul exploration. Because the passion project is a really, it's more of a personal thing. Like, yes, inquiry is based on like questions the kids have. Yes, project-based learning is again, based on like a problem that they've seen or a project that you're presenting to them. And while there are similarities in those two things, the pageant, passion project, I'm sorry, is a lot more personal. It's a lot more about them and what, what they believe in, what they love. And that to me is the the cornerstone of the project. And it's what defines what a passion project is. They are exploring something that is meaningful to them. 
you are in no way really controlling that at all. Like it is completely in them. It is completely theirs. They own it totally. And while there's huge student ownership in project-based learning and PBL and in inquiry-based learning, there is that ownership component. I find that with passion projects, it's way more so. And it's simply because it is their passion. I haven't dictated or posed a question to them or presented a problem or what have you. They have come up with this entirely on their own. I just tell them, hey, what do you want to learn about? And they're like, "Mm mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, what do you want to learn about? I don't care what it is. You can pick anything. Like, like, <laughs> like, don't know what to do with it at first. It's a little uncomfortable. But once they realize, like, I mean it, uh, it's it's really theirs. It's them. It's who they are. It's what they love. It's what they want. And I, I would say that is the main difference. You know, as you were just saying all of that, this, this, first of all, soul exploration is just stirring in my head. I love that. But the other term that came to me as we're having this conversation is the passion project process. It's like an awakening for the students. It, it's self-awareness. They get to explore and realize who they are. It, it may just be this one particular area, but if you scaffold and support them in this process, they can use these same tools then to tap into other areas of their life and really start having some empowering self-conversation. How how huge is that? Yeah, it's it's amazing. Like it's one of those things where they now have this this ability and this belief that if they want to know something, if they want to learn something, they can. They have all the tools they need to do it. They are empowered 100% to go figure it out and pursue it. And that is like a ha moment. <laughs> it's like, whoa. Like, and you can like see it on their faces a lot of the time. Like they'll be like, wait, can I go look at that now? And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. It's it's really interesting. Like, and it's fun to see them almost like unleash themselves in the classroom when you're in this, when you're in this space, because it's, it's this idea that like, I'm not holding you to anything. Like, yeah, you've Mm got to submit something to me at the end, but Usually you have more than enough to do that because you've been exploring this for like five weeks. Wow. Do you do, well, and we'll save this, but I have so many questions. So I'm going to ask this one. Do you do this throughout the year? Um, I usually do not. I've done this. I have one specific unit that I do it in. Um, I try to coordinate with the rest of my team um, because my social studies teacher loves genius hour. And I found that when those two things overlap, the kids get really confused over what's for what and what's for the other one. So I try not to do it too many times throughout the year. Um, But I do infuse the the philosophy behind it. And what I mean by that is it's not, we're not doing things in my classroom. We're not writing an argumentative essay because I told you to. We're writing an argumentative essay because we have opinions that deserve to be heard and backed up by factual information. We're not doing a speaking unit because I told you to. We're doing a speaking unit because you should be able to express yourself clearly and fluently. 
And so it's not about like, that's the philosophy behind everything in my classroom is this idea that like, we're not becoming readers, writers, we are, we're learning those skills, but we're becoming better people and learning to express what we believe and to use our voices in this classroom and in this space. And so it's this idea that I kind of carry through, but the passion project itself is just one unit. And and I, I can appreciate and fully understand. I mean, first of all, it's beautiful if a whole team adopts this, this concept, this growth mindset and passion project, but I can understand it being overwhelming for the, for the student, like almost too much freedom, like in every single class, like, wait, 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 I don't know. So I applaud the freedom, but then I also applaud and celebrate the structure for the benefit of the student. So, so we have to keep that in mind, um, listeners, to just, it sounds so great and exciting, and it is, and it's freeing, but to be cautious not to overwhelm the student, because you have to be strategic in your purpose. Absolutely. So here's a question I have as we kind of wrap up. Time has gone so fast. It's insane. This has been an amazing conversation. Um, So whether we're, and it's too early to say when we return to school, if we'll be on the heels of a global pandemic or in the midst of a global pandemic, and I pray we're on the heels of it, but either way, we'll, we'll be in some phase of the global pandemic process, what would you say, have, have you thought about benefits of the passion project in the time that we're in, in this whole new unchartered territory? I'm sure you've given that some thoughts. So, so share with us what your thoughts are around that. Yeah. So it's like anything else you're going to try to do during this time. It's going to look different and you're going to have to kind of scale back what you're doing. So I think that doing a passion project in this this time is great because it's going to tap into what your kids are interested in and it's going to help them explore that. So if they're if they're feeling like they want to explore more about COVID-19, you can encourage that in a passion project. If they're feeling like they want a complete break from all that and they want to look into something else, you can encourage that through a passion project. However, what I will say is that the unit, the way I teach it as it stands, I will not be able to replicate in in this time and in this way that we have things structured right now because it involves so much person-to-person conversation. And because it truly is a very robust unit, um, I teach my kids to do a lot of very intense skills that need my assistance. (laughs) So um, exploring a database for an 11-year-old is kind of a big thing to have them do. And by the end of it, they, they can do it pretty fluently. But a lot of that involves scaffolding. It involves direction. It involves me being able to be there so they can they can get my help, um, especially when it breaks down. So um, that's one of those things that it won't look the same. And I know that it won't look the same. So I've kind of been toying with the idea of how I can do something with that same that same idea in mind of having them explore something that's meaningful to them, that's important to them, but maybe not quite so intensely. <laughs> I can see that. And and again, I applaud trying to make it, um, clarifying it for the student where it's not overwhelming, right? Um, mm-hmm. Because this does set them free, but 
it can also set them up for failure if we just overwhelm them. Um, so I celebrate that. And, and listeners, I hope we keep that in mind, um, all the cautions that she's um, shared with us to, to just be thoughtful and considerate about that. But I also think kids have a certain level of grace with us, just like we have grace oh, with yeah. them, especially if you're new at trying this, go for it. And, and oh, Caitlin, yeah. let me not say that. You talk to the listeners real quick about just taking that big leap. Oh yeah, so I will tell you 100%, the first time that I taught this unit, it looks nothing like the way that I teach it now. You, like anything that you do, will fix it, will tweak it, will adjust it based on the kids in your room and based on your experience with it. But the biggest piece of advice I can give with a passion project is to allow the chaos because it is going to happen. Your kids are going to feel uncomfortable. You are going to feel uncomfortable. This is a level of exploration that they really aren't used to because it is so personal and it is about them and their passion and they may not know what that is. And it's going to feel a little uncomfortable for both them and for you. And that's okay. Sometimes being in that, that discomfort is good because that's where growth comes from. That's where we can really learn to explore and to grow and to learn and to just really dig in to something that we love. And so I will say like, yes, it's going to be like, whoa, what's going on? But I will tell you that at the end of it, like you are an amazing teacher, you can do this and you have your kid's best interests at heart. And that is really, that's all you need to run a passion project. Thank you, Caitlin. So Caitlin, before we wrap up, how can people connect with you? Yeah, so um, you can find me across all social media at KN Giordano. Uh, that's my handle everywhere. So you can find me that way, or you can uh, email me, Caitlin at teachbetter.com. I'm always open to chat. Uh, doing Google Hangouts with other educators is legitimately one of my favorite things. So um, I just love jumping on like a video chat with people and be like, hey, let's talk. Uh, so feel free to reach out. I would love to chat with you. Um, Curriculum Coffee is my blog and there is like a contact page on there. So feel free to reach out to me there. Um, and I've also posted all of my passion project resources on my blog. So you have access to all of them. It is free, have at it. Um, if something's not working or if you want something, from me directly, just ask and I'll send it over. Wow, Caitlin, thank you for your your heart and um, the the soul exploration. That that was my just biggest takeaway. I was, I'm so in love with that. Um, thank you for joining me on Teach Better Tuesday at Intelligogy the podcast. I hope you had fun. <laughs> I did. Thank you so much for having me. I loved being here. Glad you were here, uh, listeners. That is our time for now, and we like to thank you for joining us at Intelligogy the podcast, where together we will disrupt educational normalcy. Until next time. Thanks, Caitlin. Thank you.